Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, yesterday turned out to be a perfect example of Wisconsin weather. If you were in the north, you saw snow. If you were in the west, you got rain. If you were in the south, you had warm, dry conditions. I'm Pam Youngke. Come on in. We'll be checking in with weather details for today. Stu Muckrag, meteorologist, joining us in just a little bit. What I can tell you is, for south-central Wisconsin today, it's going to get warm. 79 are expected high. Maybe a good possibility of an afternoon thunderstorm will drop down to 49 degrees. For Wednesday, cloudy skies and 62. Thursday, some more rain in the forecast and 65. Friday, sunshine and 65 degrees. It's that kind of erratic weather that's kind of had our farmers planting in jerks and fits. Potato growers moving right along. Oats, a lot of that's already sowed in the ground. Our corn, that one is lagging a little bit behind compared to last year. I've got all the numbers for you in our latest planting progress update. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM farm can you raise animals online virtually well i think you can bob osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn and nobody is more creative than farmers and dairy farmers of course included in that and uh, pam kids and young animals go together hand in hand and the dairy organizations around wisconsin saw that and really took off with the program, didn't they? Oh, it's it's amazing how this program received response. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Every once in a while, you see a program, and you know that it's a good idea. But then when you see the numbers on how people respond, you know it is a great idea. And that's exactly what happened with the collaboration between the Center for Dairy Excellence and Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. It started off as an adopt-a-cow program, letting kids in classrooms, kind of connect and learn a little bit more about that cow. Well, this year, they decided to change it up a little bit, and they had classrooms watching calves, baby calves. I had a chance to visit with one of the dairy farmers that had three of the calves that classrooms were watching. Her name is Heather Jokey. She is from Synergy Family Dairy in Pulaski. There were three separate dairies in the state that participated in the program. The calves that kids were watching were named Sweetie, Cookie, Ruby, Gemma, Petunia, Penny, Peanut, and then from the Synergy Dairy in Plasky, Charlemagne, which was a red and white calf, Saruji was a Jersey baby calf, and Dorito was the typical black and white Holstein calf. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if the calves knew it or found out about it, but they turned into rock stars with about a million kids across all 50 states watching their every move. I talked with Heather and asked her to tell me 
how she got hooked up with all of this. So we saw a, a posting about the program in September of last year, and um, our oldest son, Evan, is in FFA and is uh, 17, and I thought it would be kind of a cool FFA project for him to do with me. So we um, responded to the the inquiry from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, and, and things just rolled from there. Excellent. So now here you are, you uh, got involved in the project. How difficult was it to, I mean, not only not selecting calves, that's not necessarily that difficult, but how difficult was it then to start the engagement process, Heather, with those classrooms, with those kids? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the, the program is being done locally through Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, but the national organization of it is through the Center for Dairy Excellence, and they've been running a similar program in Pennsylvania for several years. So the platform behind um, the classroom communications and what's included with the updates, that was all pretty well solidified already. So we just uh, supplied information on our individual calves, um, took some pictures, um, did some video. Um, but basically, we supplied the raw information, and they took care of um, supplying all of that information to the classrooms. Now, did you, maybe you said it, did you have any idea how many classrooms or how many kids you were actually targeting with uh, Doritos, Charlemagne, and Soroji? Well, that's, that's another good question. So um, when we originally signed up, we thought it would be a few classrooms. And then we had kind of our initiation uh, meeting with uh, Brittany Schneider from, from the Center for Dairy Excellence, and she informed us that day that they had over 70,000 classrooms nationwide signed up. And, uh, yeah, I think we were a little overwhelmed at that point and uh, a little nervous about, um, you know, doing, the, doing a good job of representing the industry. Did did Charlemagne, Saruji, and Dorito act any different when, when they found out they were social media stars? Yeah, uh, not really, no. No, they've just kind of gone about their daily business. Yeah, well, you make a good point, though. Uh, uh, Heather Jokey's along with us from uh, Synergy Dairy up by Pulaski, one of the uh, families that uh, got involved volunteering uh, some calves for an educational experiment adopt a calf with schools in wisconsin and now as she points out uh, across the countryside uh, you know the point was you wanted to share the growth experience with the uh, with those kids but you were telling me the automatic engagement curiosity from the kids and even the teachers is actually a little overwhelming it, it's a lot of fun and it's it's really rewarding um you know we've done a lot of live tours with kids on our farm over the years and those are always like the most enjoyable days um but it seems like as schools struggle for funding and certainly um with everything needing to go virtual over the past year those opportunities are few and far between um so the fact that we could try to share some of those experiences virtually was uh really exciting to us and um, it's still better to always have kids in person, but um, we've still been able to have some really great conversations and interactions with those classrooms. Now, I'm going to guess that a lot of people would be satisfied just watching a calf in its pan, you know, frisky or whatever, or watch a calf take a bottle. What did you and Evan want to try to get across 
when it came to the pictures, the videos that you shared with those classrooms, Heather? Um, so we wanted to uh, to share some connections with um, with kids and relate where their food is coming from back to the farm, um, but also just putting faces with um, with uh, with farmers. You know, identifying a farmer and seeing a face that yes. Um, this 17-year-old young man is a farmer, and his mom is a farmer. Um, those were kind of some of the connections that we were hoping to make. And as far as lessons go, um, just that calves, uh, the, the vast majority of dairy cows and dairy calves are really well taken care of, and it's in our best interest that they're well taken care of, um, and we really have a passion for doing that that we uh, follow every day. Now, you've got to tell them, Heather, about the reaction. It's not just been about social, I mean, and it's been building. It's not just about an email here or there. I mean, you were telling me that people, classrooms, teachers have reached out through your farm's Facebook page, and you've been keeping the postman busy, too. Yeah, so uh, our address, farm address, was shared um, with some of the classrooms. They were able to, to send us um handmade cards and letters from the kids in the classrooms, which were a lot of fun to receive. Um, just watching how some of the teachers have incorporated this into their classrooms. Uh, a lot of the classrooms have pictures of the, the calves, um, big laminated pictures hanging up in their classrooms. Um, some of them have made it part of their virtual lessons every day. Uh, one really meaningful um, email that we received was from uh, a special needs teacher that had incorporated um, basically Charlemagne into everyday lessons for the for the kids in that classroom and the, um, and her um, communicating the amount of joy that it brought to her students. Um, we've just it's been really rewarding. That's excellent. Now tell them there was also a, because of the volume of response from kids, classrooms, teachers. They actually created a portal. Were you? surprised by the amount of interaction? I mean, sending handwritten cards is one thing, but when people have an opportunity to punch out a message on social media, you said that was uh, like crazy overwhelming. Yeah, so we initially um, intended to respond personally to each one of those messages, and uh, it's proven to be a lot more than than what we anticipated. So hopefully we're still able to uh, work through that. But um, just the individual questions and thoughts that you get from these students um, and different perspectives. And, you know, several of the classrooms are in inner city Milwaukee and just with, without a, any dairy background at all or agriculture background in general, um, just, just getting to experience what kinds of thoughts and questions are coming from those students has been very eye-opening. I bet. If you're just joining us, this is Heather Jokey. She's one of the Wisconsin dairy farm families that uh, volunteered to be involved in this kind of adopt a calf program uh, through Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Uh, they put three calves that they had kind of into the lineup, shall we say, at Synergy, Synergy Family Dairy in Pulaski. And this is where we have generated all this interest. And it's not done yet, uh, Heather, yet to come an actual virtual interaction with all these kids. Tell me what's coming up. Yeah, so on April 27th, we will have a one-hour virtual tour of our farm live 
um, with all the classrooms that are able to tune in. And actually, I think um, just about anybody can can find that uh, link and watch those uh, or watch for that tour that day. So we're trying to figure out, you know, what will be the most meaningful information and uh, to, to fit into that hour. And then also, uh, all those students will be able to ask questions <laughs> live of us um, that day. Oh my goodness, that's that sounds like herding cats. But I'll I'll be tuned in on April twenty seventh. The bottom line, Heather, would you and Evan do it again? Absolutely, we'll do it again. Um, I think we've learned a lot this year, and we're hoping that we can uh, do it even better next year. Man, it has been a success. Much credit to Heather Jokey and Synergy Family Dairy in Pulaski, her son Evan, for leading the educational experience, and all the dairy farm families that uh, pitched in for the Adopt-A-Calf program. Again, if you had not heard the numbers, almost staggering to think that 73,000 classrooms from all 50 states registered, and that means more than a million students watching those dairy calves grow today is the day that Synergy Family Dairy in Pulaski will host an hour-long virtual tour of their farm. You can find more at wisconsindairy.org. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I'm dedicated to educating the public because it's important for all of us to understand this debilitating disease. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because every 70 seconds someone in America is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's more than a thousand people a day. Preliminary data show that exercise, a healthy diet, and keeping your mind active may help reduce your risk. At our website, ahaf.org, experts will answer your questions and address your concerns. Find out about promising research the Foundation funds and learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. That's 1-800-437-2423. 
Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about trying to farm in Wisconsin. Yesterday, if you were in southern Wisconsin, it was fine. If you were in northern Wisconsin, it was white. Western Wisconsin was wet. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us. I mean, literally yesterday, about this time and then the rest of the morning, we got a little bit of everything depending on where you were. Depending on where you were, and I'll add, eastern Wisconsin was cool yesterday, Pam. I mean, the official high at Madison was 73. Head up the roadways, you get toward Plymouth and Sheboygan, they hit 55. They held in the 40s until way into the afternoon. It was just a strange temperature day, but had to do with a warm front that's building up from the south, and that warm front still crossing through Wisconsin today. Does mean things will be warm again in southern Wisconsin, and I'd say western Wisconsin will fare pretty well, La Crosse and Boston, but the closer you get toward Lake Michigan, the cooler it stays. We're going to hear the metro, Milwaukee, being all cooled down today compared to Madison, and it will be that way up along the lakeshore. Now, there will be some rain to talk about as well, and this morning there are a few scattered showers up at Green Bay. More of the activity is already north and west of Wausau and starting to move east, scattered rain in southern Minnesota. What I'm anticipating is toward late today into the afternoon and evening. Showers and even a few thunderstorms develop. That rain chance holds on through the night and into early Wednesday. In that time, I'd say we're talking rain amounts that probably should be in that trace range to about a quarter inch, maybe a little more with a thunderstorm, that's about all. And there'll be another possibility of a little rain that does try to hold on, at least as we wrap up Wednesday and head into Thursday, a lot lighter, maybe a tenth of an inch at that time. So there will be some moisture, and we know that's not going to be the worst thing either. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand the power and the value of the sun. They understand return on investment. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is an opportunity to get rid of that energy bill. Farmers understand taking expenses away. They they just get it. It's the difference between renting and owning. You are renting your energy currently, okay? Own your energy. It's a no-brainer. You are going to have that energy bill. You're going to. It's a known expense that every farm has. Put a solar field in, put a solar system in, and now make your own energy. It's a business decision, just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. You should reach out to us, and we will come out to look at your farm for a very specialized, specific quote for you. Even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, give us the details. <laughs> I guess you better break it down almost by zip code. That's kind of how it works. Yeah, let's talk today about more clouds that roll on in. We all have that chance of a shower or a thunderstorm by late afternoon into the evening hours. Now, Madison, even up toward Beaver Dam, stand a good chance to be at least in the mid and upper 70s. And the rest of us will be in the upper 60s, maybe closing in on 70 at La Crosse, the most we can hope for. South winds will be about 5 to 10. Overnight, it's mostly cloudy. Showers and even a thunderstorm or two could provide some localized heavier rain, but for most of us, up to about a quarter inch. We hold in the upper 40s, mid and upper 40s, if you will. And the winds will become more east and northeast, about 5 to 10. 
There may still be a little rain early Wednesday. Expect a mostly cloudy day. Cooler for most of us, low 60s, maybe a little warmer at Madison. The north winds at 5 to 10. And again, a little rain overnight Wednesday night into early Thursday. Could be another near quarter inch, especially in the south. Much lighter north. Low 60s on Thursday with the north winds at 5 to 15. So, Pam, some needed moisture, no doubt there. And temperatures will improve again, warming up as we head toward the weekend. Yeah, all right. That's that's all we can kind of hope for is that it is going to start improving. I'm talking about the planting progress report uh, a little bit later in the show. And there wasn't as much progress as I think a lot of farmers would have liked. No, but I did see a lot of dust yesterday around my neighborhood. Well, there we go. All right. Thanks, Stu. Appreciate it. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, with your Ag Weather Update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. So is there some kind of magic elixir that can strengthen your brain, immune system, cardiovascular system, and help you sleep better? It's not magic, it's running. Try for Schools is hosting the Wanakee Family Trail Run Saturday, May 15th. In person or virtually, your entry supports school health and wellness programs. Register today at tri4schools.org. Try for Schools, bringing up the champion in every kid. Sponsored by Nordic and Midwest Family Matters. Prairie exterior, now that's impressive. The roofing, gutter, siding, and window team can swarm the look of your home. Superior service without compromising. Online at prairieexteriors.com. Prairie exterior, now that's impressive. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Whether it was Joe DiMaggio or Jackie Robinson. Rosa Parks or Sally Ride. Bogart or Brando. You're just the right age to do something important that you can be remembered for. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, you can register to become an organ and tissue donor. Surprised? You shouldn't be. Today, people of all ages and even with health conditions can sign up to donate the gift of life. And it's so important. Every age, every ethnicity is needed. If we all signed up, imagine the lives we could save. The families we could help. So whether you admire John Wayne or James Dean, Robert Redford or Roberto Clemente, Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald, do something important that could make a real difference and change lives. Get the facts today and register to become an organ donor. Find out how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and 
price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Are you one of the 100 million Americans that suffer from chronic pain? Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. I want you to know about a natural alternative called Cura Relief. Inflammation is the root of your pain. Nutrients in Cura Relief like Bospir and BCM Curcumin are two of the most therapeutic anti-inflammatories on the globe. Nine out of 10 people feel a difference in less than 45 minutes, no matter what kind of pain you have. Back pain, muscle pain, joint pain, arthritis. I am on a mission to educate the community on natural alternatives that work. For less than $2 per day, you can stop the pain and the drugs naturally with Cura Relief. Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup, or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County, free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevick's for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Thor nice from joining us right now. Follow him on Twitter at Thor K U NBC Sports Edge as well as RotoWorld.com. Thor, I mean, we hyper focus and we had you last year and, and we love the insights you brought. So we're like, we got to get this cat back on. By the way, my last name starts with a T H O R. So uh, nice to have oh, two. Nice to have two Thors here, baby. So Thor, there let's dive into the Packers, my man. If you can, uh, you know, dive into that brain of yours of all the other six hundred names. But pick number twenty nine in the first round for the Green Bay Packers. I know you probably got a couple floating around. Who do you think the Packers Packers should dial in on that 29th pick. Well, you know, last year we we said receiver, 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 and <laughs> if I'm if if I'm the Packers, I, I got a couple names on the short list, and if one of them gets to me, I'm taking them. Uh, but they didn't do that last year. Um, but you know, that's that would certainly be you know the top of my priority list. And then you know, if, if you don't like the the receiver there, um, you know, you could look at defense, up ball linebacker. Of course, is a is a popular position. I know there. Um, so, but I, I think you're going to have options either way. You know, um, so, you know. Re- again, receiver is where I would look. Uh, Elijah Moore would be Elijah Moore would dominate with Aaron Rodgers. He, he's the exact kind of receiver that that Rodgers needs. I comp him to Antonio Brown. He's a he's a guy that played the slot for Ole Miss and just dominated last season for Lane Kiffin. Um, but he could he could play the outside potentially because he's got the ball skills. Certainly has the athleticism for it. Um, I think he would be a really good fit. I, I wouldn't. It, well, as a Vikings fan, I, I would like the Packers to take Kadarius Tony, but uh, I, I wouldn't suggest <laughs> it. Uh, he, he doesn't, you know, especially for Rodgers, because you know Rodgers, 
he doesn't have any accuracy issues to any level of the field. He can get it wherever you want to go. Uh, Kadarius Tony, like 90% of his catches in college came within like four yards of the line of scrimmage. And his, his contested catch rate, if you look at that against his clean catch rate, it, it drops off like crazy. Um, he doesn't, he, he, his ball skills uh, really suffer when he's not, when he doesn't have a little halo around him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really doubt his ability to turn into a quality NFL receiver, you know, that, that transcends sort of that manufactured touch thing. So, so for me, if, if I'm the Packers, it'd probably be Elijah Moore is who I, I would be sitting on. Uh, Terrace Marshall would be another option, but he's got the leg thing, which concerns me just a little bit. But, you know, like I bumped him from late first to early second because of that. Um, but he's another option for sure. Uh, Thor, no, you are you in Minneapolis right now? Are you in Minnesota? I am, yeah. uh, and you're a Vikings fan. Of it, yeah, that, that sparks my memory. Now, are you also are you an Iowa Hawkeyes fan and a Gophers Minnesota Golden Gophers fan, or just a, how's that work? Yeah, I am, a, and I know that that's bizarre. But I, I grew up hating. Um, well, I grew up hating the, the Badgers, of course, as well. <laughs> um, but the Hawkeyes as well. I absolutely loathe them. Um, you know, because my dad had gone to Minnesota and everything like that, and obviously all my friends were Gopher fans and stuff like that. But I got into grad school at Iowa, so then I, I of course, had to become a Hawkeye fan, but I couldn't give up the Gophers. So, so on um, the Gophers, yeah. then, that's why I bring it up, Thor, is what about Rashad Bateman? Because I see Bateman connected occasionally in some mocks with the Packers. Is that something that could work for the green and gold? Absolutely. Yeah. The only reason I didn't mention him is because I think he's going to go above that. Yeah. But there are a lot of people in my industry that disagree with me. Uh, Bateman's one of those weird kind of guys. Like I've had him as locked in as the, you know, you have the top three guys, obviously. And then for me, he has been four, like, you know, I, you know, in a little bit of a drop after him. Um, and, but you know, other people, again, they, they disagree. You know, some people have Kadarius Tony up there and, and, and stuff like that. And Bateman did measure in shorter, um, and lighter than, than he was in college. But if he gets down, uh, to, to the Packers, yeah, I mean, you talk about another guy that would dominate with Roger. He's a little bit of a different player, of course. Um, Bateman is uh, he he's locked in as the X, the, the outside guy. Yeah. Last year, the Gophers tried to push him into the slot to, to take over for Tyler Johnson. He didn't play quite as well, but he you know he still played solid. But outside in 2019, as a 19-year-old, he dominated the Big Ten with with not a very good quarterback. Yeah. Gets separation, route running, gets off the line, ball skills, everything you would want to dominate with Rodgers. Thor Nystrom joining us right now, breaking it down, NBC Sports Edge as well as RotoWorld.com. So uh, let's do a little linebacker talk here. So my guy Nelson over here had a linebacker that he thought was a good fit, and that was, uh, was that Jamin Davis yeah, out of Jamin Kentucky? Yeah, Jamin Davis. Love the kids and upside. And Thor, I've seen the Packers linked a lot of this guy out of Tulsa, Zaven Collins as well. Uh, could those names work for the Packers? If not, who would you have, like maybe a linebacker that uh, Brian Gutekunst should look at? Yeah, I, th- I think both those guys would be in range there for sure. Um, it was funny as I actually talked with Delson about about and I in my head I call him Jammin Davis so I can do the Bob Marley thing, but that's of course not how you pronounce it. Too. Exactly. Yeah, I, I like to think that to myself as I'm digging for cobs for the you know number four hundred <laughs> guy or whatever. Uh, but but yeah, like you know, he's between the late first and the early second. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, we'll see if the field's paying attention this morning. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is going to be back along with us. We'll focus in on the Planting Progress Report, but John will also let us know what traders are focused in on going forward. He's up in about 15 minutes. I'm Pam Youngke. 
Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today, the 27th day of April, and to be honest with you, not a whole lot of exciting on this date in history items for me to reference, but maybe today is a good day to get married. On this day in 1981, former Beatle Ringo Starr married actress Barbara Bach. They're still married. On this day in 2013, Michael Jordan, the NBA great, wed his second wife, Yvette, and they're still married. So let's go with that, okay? And now you know. Hey, I want you to know that after a year's absence because of the pandemic, Wisconsin's Rural Summit is back on for 2021, albeit in a virtual platform. I talked about it yesterday with Steve Peterson from the Wisconsin Rural Partners. Now, they are the host organization for the Rural Summit, which begins next week, Wednesday, May 5th, from noon until 2. They're going to have concurrent sessions every Wednesday through the month of May and into June that anybody can tap into, especially if you're concerned about your rural community. Steve explains, when you get done engaging with this Wisconsin Rural Summit, as a community leader, you should have all the tools you need to make some things happen. Yeah, our theme is basically uh, let's roll up our sleeves and get things done. We're not just going to be talking about programs and spotlighting programs. We're actually going to be hearing from people that have taken it to the next level and have had successes in all these different categories that we've uh, we've featured. And so anybody that goes on these uh, summit sessions, they're not just going to hear about some great ideas and concepts. They're going to be given the tools directly to them that they can hit the ground running and start doing the same thing in their backyard uh, almost immediately. So it's a very hands-on, and uh, uh, let's, let's make it work in your backyard as well. And this is about our rural communities. People think, ah, well, this Pam's talking, it's the farm, so it's agriculture. This is about our rural communities. And, you know, to your point, Steve, maybe their insights as we exit the pandemic are the real lessons learned. Yeah, absolutely, Pam. And I think one thing, you know, we've talked so much about rural communities having to depend on the farmers to keep, uh, to keep, uh, you know, alive. And I think it's now kind of shifted where I think the rural communities also have to step up and they've got to build their quality of life and their services and, and their, uh, uh, community vitality to help the farming community. I, I think it's a give and take on both sides. So, you know, we're really looking uh, hard at these small communities. I mean, 10,000 population or less. So we will be getting up into the, into the larger uh, communities, but we really want to hone in about how can we serve uh, our rural areas, uh, you know, both directions from the farm, but also from the farm to the community as well. I am intrigued, Steve. When I look at your agenda, you have got literally partners from every corner and crevice of the state. How in the world did you manage to learn all these stories to put this kind of agenda together? Well, you know, we do a lot of uh, discussions and, and studying all year long through our organization. I mean, the Wisconsin Rural Partners has been around since uh, 1992, so it's not a, a new uh, organization at all. Uh, and we've always uh, tried to keep up to speed on what are some of the current issues facing, uh, uh, you know, the rural communities. We've got great relationships with the Wisconsin Counties Association, the League of Wisconsin Municipalities, Wisconsin Economic Development Association, WEDC. I mean, the list goes on and on. And of course, uh, UW Extension has also been a great, great resource for us as well. But, you know, we, we see what the topics are, and it's fairly common across the whole state of Wisconsin, and that's what we want to dwell on. We don't want to just get into certain 
certain regions of the state. We want to talk about topics that affect everybody, whether you're in, you know, down in the Lafayette County or you're up in Hurley. Uh, you know, we want to cover everybody's area. And I think we've done a great job with this summit. I would say. Now, give us kind of the theme, if you will. What are you looking at? Uh, on a And like we said, it's stretched out over a couple different weeks. So if uh, something doesn't work on one day, it may for the following. Give us kind of the highlights of each sure. session. Well, we, we're doing it every Wednesday, and it'll be a noon to two. So you can have your lunch while you're sitting in uh, watching uh, the summit. But it'll be a noon to two uh, feature every Wednesday from May 5th through uh, uh, June 2nd. Our first week uh, starts off with think differently about housing. Uh, rural housing is a very critical uh, um, issue uh, in our rural areas. And when we talk about not so much just the workforce housing and the, and the low-income housing, but also remember we've got a lot of boomers that are still living in their small communities that are just not wanting to leave their hometown, and there's just not the assisted or transitional living for them uh, in, their, uh, in their own home communities. And we're trying to find a way that we can transition those boomers uh, into that uh, uh, transitional living by having facilities that are close by their hometown so they can still enjoy the town they've lived in all their life, but then also the amenities of uh, as you age, uh, you can slowly transition through that housing. So we're going to be talking about that and how communities have leveraged uh, uh, along with companies on uh, building those uh, facilities uh, in their communities. And uh, we've got uh, some great uh, resources from uh, tried and true success stories. Uh, and also uh, we've got uh, Wisconsin Housing Economic Development Association along with UW Extension uh, joining us. Uh, and uh, they're going to give us some details exactly what you need to do so you're not just sitting there talking about it. You can actually have some uh, activity and, and move, the, move the needle, so to speak, when it comes to your housing needs. Steve Peterson with Wisconsin's Rural Partners. Again, our Rural Summit coming up beginning Wednesday, May 5th, from noon until 2, focused in on the challenges of rural housing. Then they'll have a session every Wednesday after that from noon until 2, focused in on ideas about bringing broadband to your rural community, becoming an idea-friendly town, focusing in on creating community and other areas like that. You can get registered today. $60 will get you the whole package that you can share with other community leaders. WIRuralpartners.org. WIRuralpartners.org. Or if you give me a couple minutes, I'll try to make sure I post that at MidwestFarmReport.com. So Wisconsin farmers didn't get as much done as they might have liked in the past seven days' time. As of Sunday, according to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, 6% of our corn's in the ground, 45% of our oats are planted, 37% of the potatoes are in the ground. Our winter wheat is 85% good to excellent, 48% of the spring tillage is done, and 62% of our pasture conditions called good to excellent. How does that compare with the rest of the country? Well, we'll talk about that with uh, John Heinberg in just a moment. Markets are again firm and active in overnight trade. May corn is up 26 cents, now at 7.07 a bushel. December new crop corn's up 8 at 5.76. May soybeans are up 12 right now at 15.80. November beans up a nickel at 13.67. May wheat up 15 at 7.54. July new crop up 12 at 7.51. Barrel cheese was down a penny at 179.5. 40-pound block cheese up three-quarters of a cent on Monday to $1.80. And double-A butter was unchanged. May milk right now is down 4 cents at 19.24. 
the June milk closed 38 cents higher at 1942 a hundredweight. Like I said, it's all about what the market's discussing this morning, and we are going to find that out coming up in just moments when John Heinberg from Total Farm Marketing joins us. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There have been multiple instances of scammers impersonating Madison police officers and detectives. A 27-year-old man told officers he was contacted by MPD officer Rick Foster and the caller ID displayed the MPD North District's main number. The victim was asked to send money through a money app. The victim later confirmed with MPD that this was a scam and nobody by the name of Rick Foster is employed with MPD. These types of calls are scams with people impersonating the authorities and conjuring up different schemes to fool people into giving them money. Remember, scammers can spoof your caller ID. Please visit the Federal Trade Commission Consumer Information website for more details on these types of scams and steps you can take to protect yourself. If you have any information regarding similar scams, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Smog, garbage, sewers, car exhaust. Today's world puts our sense of smell on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. When you visit, your nose will instantly recognize the purity of nature. Bask in the aromatic scent of the black pine trees blowing in the wind. Detect the sweet fragrance of primroses, wild violets and blue sage. Smell the fresh salt water in the air as waves crash into rocky shoals. When you smell these things, you're smelling the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, and honestly, if you're in agriculture, you can't look away from what's been going on with our commodities, corn, soybeans, wheat, every day. It seems like we're finding a new reason to push those prices higher. Joining us this morning, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. So, John, we were talking earlier about the Planting Progress Report. Illinois, Iowa, Indiana... Minnesota, Kentucky, all saw double digits when it came to corn planting. But there's still a lot of the rest of the countryside that's that's a little concerned about these cool temperatures. And boy, I'll tell you, market just keeps plowing forward, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, we and uh, things are move, really moving again here this morning. We actually got May corn hitting the expanded limit higher right now, at forty cents a bushel up to seven twenty. Uh, you know, it's just hard to believe how explosive this market has gotten. You know, the planting progress actually is the minor story here, but we are seventeen percent planted, down a couple percentage points from you know the five year average, a little bit lower than what the market thought. We saw a drop in the wheat ratings on the winter wheat by four percent. That market was a little surprised by that. You know, that adds just a little more fuel to the fire but right now this is becoming a story about the cash market and what's happening in brazil with that second crop corn uh currently they are ending getting out of their rainy season moving into their dry season which is near their pollination 
Asian window and the weather has not been there. And there's already some talk of big losses in terms of production out of Brazil. We saw last week that Brazil took t- or put took tariffs off any imported grains to help food control food prices. Now there's even a little chatter that Argentina, even though their crops are in solid shape, they're worried about food prices in their country and may possibly put an export tariff or export tax on. And it's just really getting the global market very, very concerned about the supply picture that's out there in the face of a really good demand. You know, so we got all this happening now and we realistically maybe are starting to think about what could be going on in the U.S. weather later this summer. Uh, obviously. And, uh, you know, this begs the question, how much do we honestly have in reserves? Uh, I know that there had been comments that if there is corn or bean, beans being held by farmers in the country, even these prices don't seem to be shaking it free. And that's another sign of what's really also happening here as well, is the end users right now are trying to lock in domestic supplies or what's here available in the United States. They're not getting it from the producers, so we're seeing that happen in the basis side of the markets, and things are really improving there in terms of some cash values. So they're going to the board, and they're trying to buy the May contract, and next, and this week is what we call first notice day on Friday, then force physical delivery of that contract in order to secure supplies. thing is, we're not really seeing a whole lot of product registered out there. So, you know, with that, it just turns into a bit of a parabolic move like we're seeing right now. And some of these commercials, they were sitting extremely short this market. So they're getting squeezed at the same time as well here uh, in, in terms of those short positions. And it just turns into a market where we've got no nothing but buyers and nobody's selling into it to step in front of it. Basis. What is basis? I mean, locally in Wisconsin, uh, you know, yeah, okay, prices are still attractive, but I've got to believe there's some places where their bids over Chicago would catch attention. And they're out there. And I've, you know, I've heard some things in terms of the soybean market where a dollar plus over the board in some regions just trying to get soybean supplies secured. I know up in the... Uh, you know, Mankato plant for crushing in the summer. They're, they were pushing 50 cents over the board, and those probably are going to even get more improved as we go through this. You know, we talked about this back in February and March, and, you know, when prices just kind of flattened out for a while, that we were just concerned that we weren't rationing the supplies at that time frame. You know, we kept pumping out exports and export shipments and things of that nature, just moving that product overseas. And now the market's finally hitting the realization fact that we don't have the bushels here. And it makes me very concerned, at least in terms of supplies for producers for the summer, in terms of feed and things of that nature. Uh, you know, we mentioned that in the past, too. Just make sure we lock in physical supplies and not be on the board and make sure you got things in your pocket, because this thing could get even more crazy, even though we're already pushing over the $7 level. You know, there's a setup in this market. If we do throw some negative weather in here in the summertime to affect our our potential supply, uh, this market's got a chance that we go back to those 2012 prices, if not even higher. Yeah. And so can you even secure feed? Will anybody even give you a contract at these escalated prices? That's some of the issues that we've been hearing and, and can, that are still brewing out there. And I've, you know, I've heard some stories of cattle producers you know, just looking for – driving around talking to farmers saying, you have corn, uh, you know, so there is some concern there, you know, we're going to see that possibly be some ripple effects throughout the entire market system, especially in the livestock sector. You know, a lot of guys are going to be pulling cattle forward or keeping hogs, moving them out because obviously putting $7 corn into them is very, very difficult to pencil on a balance sheet, you know, so it's going to get very interesting here you know, for lack of a better word. Now, with that being said, you know, grain producers, you know, we can't fall asleep and just, you know, dream of lofty prices. 
prices, every time we go a little bit higher, every time we move higher, the risk to the downside does continue to increase. You know, may it may it come back real quick? Who knows? May it just flatten out and stay at a level up here? We're not sure. But don't forget about those put strategies. If you don't want to make the sales, let's make sure we put some type of floor under this and reward yourself for, you know, these market prices for the for more than just this year. We can get it all the way out into the next couple of years. Very expensive to do that. Uh, the sticker shock is going to be there, but when you look, think about the fact of doing nothing versus uh, putting a little bit more money into the board to protect yourself, it's more than worth it at this time frame. Yeah, well, all of a sudden, things like, remember when they announced crop insurance rates, it sounded so good, and now, now it's so pale. Exactly. And, and, you know, these markets are going to move extremely fast. In fact, in the last minute, as I'm talking to you, Maycorn dropped off limit and lost eight cents. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's just how fast this market's going to move around. And it's going to be, a you know, like you said, parabolic and extremely volatile. And those those things bring that extra price into those options. But, you know, we've gained 60 cents in two days here on the, on the high of Maycorn. You know, we could take 60 cents and take it off in two days if it want, if the market really wants to. So again, putting that money out there and building some type of floor, even if it's just a safety valve floor, but still lock in a very good price is still probably the right strategy and make sure you're protecting yourself. Remind us again how we can get a hold of you, John, because like you said, a parabolic market like this, you need an advisor there that's either tapping you on the shoulder when you get busy to make, you know get you to make a move or does it for you. Give me your connections again. Sure. Give me a call at 800-334-9779. Again, or shoot me an email at John H at TotalFarmMarketing.com. Don't forget about our website, TotalFarmMarketing.com. A lot of great information there as well. Boy, I look forward to these conversations every week because in this kind of a climate, you just, you you never know where the punches are coming from, but they've been coming, like you said, livestock, uh, hogs, international. I mean, we've got a lot of conversation going on around agriculture these days. This is a very unique environment right now with the combination of demand and tight supply is just really causing things to explode and don't foresee things changing anytime soon here overall. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll catch up with you next week, John. Appreciate it. Have a great week. John Heinberg along with us live this morning from West Bend. He is one of the market managers with uh, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. And like he said, wow, just about the time you blink, uh, these markets are moving limit directions sometimes. So, as he said, if you're looking for advice or uh, need a little extra help trying to get a floor in and protect yourself, he's one of those guys that you can definitely turn to. Well, as far as agribusiness news is concerned, just a couple things that you might want to take a look at at MidwestFarmReport.com. This is Water Week in Wisconsin. The Public Service Commission has declared that. They've got a lot of different priorities that they're focused in on when it comes to Wisconsin's water. And, of course, that involves agriculture. That involves recreation. I've got that story coming up for you this morning. You can also take a look at what's happening as far as that Wisconsin Rural Summit that we were visiting about with Steve Peterson. I'll be uh, posting all of his conversation with me a little bit later this morning. It's always at MidwestFarmReport.com. Have a great Tuesday.